Hello and welcome to the British Sitcom History Podcast. You are listening to part two of our in-depth analysis of Miranda. If you have not listened to part one yet, you really should go back and listen to that first, because we are already halfway through the conversation here. We've already discussed Miranda Hart herself and um, the extent of her career, certainly leading up to the show Miranda. We've talked about several other actors involved in the show as well. Still a few more to come, but we've got plenty more to discuss about the episode itself that we're looking at, but more so even on the show as a whole, where it went, how it ended, what's happened since, all still to come right now. Okay, the next scene. So as as an effort to better herself, Miranda's decided she's going to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. So she she's off to the gym and she can't get in. She's immediately making a fool of herself because she can't open the door. There's a nice little double entendre where she says she's really banging the knob now. And then she looks at the camera and says, don't. Yeah. And as I was, I was, I was sort of making notes about this. Here's what I've written. Here's what I've written down. As I write this, it's really annoying me. But I am actually laughing, <laughs> so so it works. It's like again, it's this thing where uh, that's a, that's a really crap joke, and I shouldn't like it. But it, it's charm. It's her. Char- yeah. It's charisma. <laughs> it works. She makes it work. Yeah. Now he opens the door. The guy, the guy in the gym, opens the door, and she. Mm. We get our first pratfall. So she yeah. bursts into the door, it swings open, and she falls onto the floor. This is a very well executed fall, and this is this is a theme. Now I've told you I don't like physical comedy, but. If we know anything, it is that the way to fall in a sitcom is to fall like a felled tree, no bend at the waist, head to toe in a straight line. Straight through the open bar. That is clinically proven to be the best way to fall in a sitcom. Tested in Laboratoire Peckham. <laughs> Damn it, they are good at that in this show. There's lots of falls. There's lots of pushing Stevie off her stool. And again, it is not my thing, but it makes me laugh every time. They execute it perfectly. Yeah, I think they do get the right balance with all that, actually. I think it is mm. something you could overplay. And they generally, they do it, they do it quite well. And it is yeah. just to accentuate the clumsiness, the awkwardness of, of Miranda. She is emotionally awkward. She is physically awkward. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think it works quite nicely. Can I, a, a little tangent here. The the bloke in the gym, the guy mm-hmm. who runs the gym. Recognize him? I recognize him. Who's that? Where do I know that guy from? It's called Michael Wildman. He's sort of thing that pops up in all sorts of things, but you know him from the episode of Extras where Ashley Jensen's character thinks she's racist because she's going out with the black guy and that's she has, it. He's the, she, ca- she keeps saying you. the wrong thing. Thank you. That is exactly where I know him from. <laughs> yes. Very good. Um, and he also kind of reprises this character in the Miranda Hart fitness video, Marak Attack, <laughs> in which there are some comedy uh, sketches, one of which is her going to like an army training boot camp type style exercise thing, and he's the trainer. Fitness videos were the last refuge of the 90s sitcom star, weren't they? Well, this is do, too late for that. Do you remember, right? do you remember we, we talked about Richard Wilson having one? <laughs> oh. Do you remember that? Let me let me just do a little sidebar on this because Marak Attack, Miranda Hart's Marak Attack, happened right at the peak of her fame, and I think the reason it works. I watched it. I watched it. Um, so you don't have to. 
they they do a, they put a lot of comedy uh, skits into it before they get into the actual. But it's a, a legit exercise legit video. exercise tape. Yeah, this is what it, what I mean by it feels like it's coming from the right place. It feels like Miranda Hart is the sort of person who go look. I'm not good at doing exercise either, so I've tr- I'm trying to come up with something that's kind of relatively easy. Mm. You can have a bit of fun with, and we can just do it together. And I think it's coming from the right place. As opposed to, they offered me 30 grand for two days filming, <laughs> so I'm taking it. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm given the benefit of the doubt on it. And they and they go to a great effort to film some well-put-together little comedy skits. So whatever, right? Uh, <laughs> Good side <laughs> we'll, we'll build into that. So I want to take us on a slight tangent here, because I would like to talk about the concept of clown. <laughs> God. <laughs> now I can see oh. from your reaction <laughs> that you're excited by this. <laughs> Go on. So Miranda Hart has stated publicly that the Miranda character is is her clown. Right. I don't know how familiar you are with the concept of clown, which is, it's kind of about embracing the inner idiot. It's about being silly and having fun. It's very Miranda. And the more you know about it, the more it, it makes sense with this Miranda character. All right. Now, I happen to have some connections to the world of clown, and yeah. <laughs> I've done a bit of... Can I, can I just... Just a, a point of order here. The, yes. the world of clown, the concept of clown. You're, descri- you're, you're making clown. like mm. That's an abstract noun. It's not clowning. Yeah. Well, cl- it is clowning as well, yeah. Clowning. It's like drama, tragedy, clown. Yes. Yes, the the redheaded stepchild of I don't arts. think I am going to <laughs> treat this with much seriousness, but please well, continue. Let's let's roll with it cuz I don't think I'm going to either. But there is <laughs> I mean, there is a very long history of clowning and um a, a great deal of discourse uh, around it. And so I I happen to be acquainted with some people in that world. In fact, there's a clown uh, lives just up the road from me and uh, has trained Miranda Hart mm-hmm. and Sally Phillips for that matter in clown uh, I'm sure Miranda Hart has done all sorts of clown training but uh, you know this this is a direct connection here now I didn't get them uh, but I do happen to know the person who is their assistant and working with them uh, uh-huh. doing clown classes right now in fact literally right now at half past three on a Friday afternoon they are in a clown class okay. teaching people how to be clowns so clown class Rather than trying to express myself because I don't know enough about it, I got them to talk to me. Hello, Alan and Gareth. My name is Grace and I am an actress and cabaret artist. And throughout my varied career, clowning has come up quite a bit. I've studied at the Nouveau Clown Institute with Django Edwards and at the Why Not Institute here in London with Angela DeCastro. So... The main way a clown relates to their audience is to share with them. The fourth wall is non-existent to the clown. With just a look, they can share their thought processes, their reactions and their plans. And it's the same with Miranda. She welcomes the viewer in with her opening monologue and her looks to camera throughout the show gives her the opportunity to share how she's really feeling in the moment, ranging from a glance to a full-on aside to even a dream sequence. As well as sharing with the audience, there are many other classic clowning techniques to spot throughout the series. The physical comedy is a big element of the show, with Miranda's height and physicality being used to great comic effect. We see double takes. Miranda is constantly in the shit, and we delight to see how she deals with it. And of course, the rule of three is very often at play. Now, if you're not familiar with what the rule of three is, it's where something happens... 
Then it happens the second time in a similar way, but on the third time, it's inverted or flipped. They initially put me in touch with one on the... <laughs> well, I said, I'm not going... <laughs> Thank you very much. I mean, what are we, crack whores? <laughs> I also realised on my rewatch that... You can see roots in more traditional circus clowns, the white and the red. Now, the white clown really thinks they're sophisticated. They're in charge and they're the boss. And in contrast, the red clown is clumsy, innocent and can be rather mischievous. In reality, both clowns are just as silly as each other. Another reference for this dynamic is, of course, Laurel and Hardy. And I think the relationship between Miranda and Stevie echoes this in a really fun way. So thank you there to Grace Kelly Miller, who is certainly more educated in the world of clown than we are. So that Laurel and Hardy connection really rings like true, that. doesn't it? Yeah. And it's very easy for us to go, oh, clown, dismiss it. And there's, there's, there's literally a, a whole formal structure of clown. But it bleeds into these things. The Laurel and Hardy dynamic is a classic clown dynamic. Whether they were approaching that consciously or not, we don't know. But that that idea always works. But then she, she mentioned the, the three-point rule, I think she called it. And when you start to think about that, that's like a formalized structure that we see in clown. But you start mm. to, I start to see that all the time. So, for example, it's something that Ronnie Barker does a lot. <laughs> Suffer from any illness? Bad feet. Made a recent visit to a doctor or hospital? Only when we bad feet. <laughs> Are you now, or have you at any time, been a practicing homosexual? What were these feet? <laughs> and I'll tell you exactly what it is. The three-point rule. Are you having a laugh? Is he having a laugh? Is he having a laugh? Do you know, I met a bloke once who said he'd love to take me up the Amazon. <laughs> What did you say? Oh, I said, all right, as long as you're peeing. <laughs> what did he say? Well, he was a bit shocked, to be honest. Not surprised. Yeah, not shocked as when I told him I'd only do it if we could take lots of photos to show me mum. Oh, I finished. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good. Because, right, so I was thinking, so what's cringe comedy? David Brent, The Office, that's cringe yeah. comedy, right? And it is different. So Miranda's in a situation where we are cringing, but it's still lighthearted. It's silly. It's silly. Yes. Whereas in the office, it's painful. Mm. It's awkward. It's difficult. And and that's why I think the comparison to when the whistle blows is, is very interesting because Ricky Gervais conceived of when the whistle blows as the anti-office, the opposite of everything that he wanted mm. to create. Yes, and using these very traditional comedy concepts. And uh, I don't think Ricky Gervais and Merchant were consciously going, oh, let's put some clown into this. But mm. they're using things that are working on a comedy level. Yeah. And it's things that worked 300 years ago when there was a bunch of Italian clowns <laughs> laying down the structures of, of whatever. Yeah, I, I think it is interesting. And from my point as a performer, to look at all that, I, I can't quite stomach the idea of going and doing a clown class. But <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm feeling a little bit nauseous now. Just talking about it. <laughs> at least I can, it's it's good for me to have someone else to tell me about it. <laughs> I think that's really interesting from an academic point of view. It all feels very pretentious to me, mm. but I do I do get it. I, I get that that is a formalization of what's funny. 
but then apparently this clowning concept is tell the audience how you're feeling. Turn to the audience and go, this oh, that was a bit awkward, wasn't it? I don't yeah. think I like that. I think I'm more of a show-don't-tell kind of guy. <laughs> and that's yeah. part of the problem with Miranda is something awkward will happen, and then she will turn to camera and go, awkward. Uh, and mm-hmm. that's, that's not enough for me. I think I, like, if you're going to turn to the audience, I want to know why. I want, I want a reason But it's it. funny. I, I, listen, listen I, I've said this a couple of times already. I agree with you. You don't need to tell me when there's a punchline coming. It's either funny or... But it works. It works. That, that's, that's, I keep coming back to it. I shouldn't like Miranda. On paper, it doesn't fit with what I enjoy. But yeah. I, it makes me laugh. I enjoy it. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree with that to a large extent. Okay. Let's, uh, let's get back to the episode away from our academic, academic thesis. Miranda's been to the gym. And we're now, the next scene is we're in the cafe. So, again, it's the first time in this episode we've seen this set. So, the cafe, is it next door? Have I just assumed it's next door to the shop? Yeah, it is. It's, 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 it's where Gary works, and Gary is the love interest. The will they, won't they, they have, are they going to do it again? Yes. Oh, my God, they're not going to do this again, are they? Yes. Okay, finally, it's all come together. Oh, what? Again, we're doing this? No. Okay, punchline. Yes, finally, they will. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> yes it does get a bit great a little bit repetitive <laughs> but yeah. we're still in the first series it's still quite charming so gary's the gary's the chef at the uh, next door at the restaurant and miranda's got a crush on him and you know he quite likes her as well but they're friends and you know as i say in the first series it remains charming but a very important character gary and and perhaps this this does lead in from our clown conversation there's very the, the, the classic concept of comedy where you either have the insane person in a sane world or the sane person in an insane world. And f- from the conflict between the two, we, we get a comedy. Mm. Miranda is an insane person. She, she is a yeah. kind of wacky person who is not normal to our yeah. normal lives. But the world she is in is also kind of a wacky, crazy world as well. And she doesn't fit into that. So in that sense, she yeah. is the conflict to that world. But then she's also not the straight person. It's a weird dynamic. Again, I think it's it works despite that, despite not fitting into an obvious shape. I think you've hit on something that, that is part of the problem in that Gary is a straight character. In this first series, yeah. he is very normal in this yeah. weird world. And and he, he degenerates into, into the world over the course of the series. Well, Gary is the straight man, to coin a phrase, he, but he's not the principal character. And he's also mm. not really bemused by the world around him and the characters around him. Mm. So it doesn't work as a conflict position. And in fact, he's very kind of open and welcoming of Miranda's eccentricities. It's the emotional stuff that starts to pull them apart later on, where, mm-hmm. rather than the wacky behavior. And it, yeah, it just never quite fits into anything. It never quite works. And we have Tom Ellis here as the, the character of Gary. I have a bit of an issue with some of the casting on Miranda. I find some of the casting quite bland. Tom Ellis yeah. is the ultimate example of that. I think he's a very bland character. I think it's quite a bland actor playing it. I, I don't want to blame the actor mm. too much for that. I've never really seen him anything else. I, I think he's doing what he's asked to do. I think the character's quite mm. dull. And I think that's deliberate to be the counterpoint. I think that you are... I, you know, I've just said about how it becomes a bit tedious. But, but in this early stage, you're rooting for them. But yeah. actually, are you rooting for them or are you rooting for Miranda? Yeah, I think you're rooting for Miranda to get the boy, yeah. not for them to get together. Mm. I, I don't, I don't really care about Gary. I don't mm. really 
I don't really feel like I know him. He is just the love interest, really. He is. He is just the love interest, and dare I say, he is the male character in uh, a, a sitcom written by a woman. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've we've seen it the other way around enough times, so you know, <laughs> fair enough. Sure. But um, is is the character underwritten because the the writer cannot align with the character in the same way as with the other characters certainly Miranda has talked about putting a lot of herself into the mother character like her own kind mm. of little idiosyncrasies and we, I yeah. feel like we don't get any of that with Gary but then the more he assimilates into it it just becomes boring it's just kind of pointless it's mm. like oh this, these two people who get on well like each other stop messing about and then so it's, it doesn't become a like oh well this all the conflict between them seems artificial and forced to create drama as opposed to being a natural well this is what I mean by the end of it you know they've sort of got together a couple of times and split up because oh well he won't say he loves me and you know I, like this is not going to work leave it mm. <laughs> like, yeah. they, they, it, it just went on and on very and des- repeated the same ground yeah it's just oh kind incredibly of just with it. incredibly tedious by the end yeah can we talk about Tom Ellis briefly yeah, please, because I don't really know him. Well, that's what I thought. I mean, I, I, I was the same. I was like, yeah, I've seen him in Miranda. I've never seen him anything before or since. But actually, there was a lot more to this than I expected. Okay. Interesting. Miranda was his breakthrough role. He's had the odd little sitcom appearance. His first screen credit was in Kiss Me Kate uh, back in 2000. So that was a sitcom. And mm. it's just because Tom Ellis, I see Tom Ellis... And I think this is deliberate for the character of Gary and everything. Like He's a very handsome man, yeah. but he's... To coin a phrase, he's very handsome for someone who works in a cafe. Yeah. He's not TV yeah, handsome, no, he's not, I, particularly, is he? Like, yeah, he's not. I, I, you said he's a very handsome man. And I went, eh. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not oil painting. And I'm not, I have nothing against you, man. But yeah, yeah he's, not, he's not a leading man, good looking, it's, But it's he? deliberate. He's, he's handsome, but attainable still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to to quickly jump onto the American remake, the the Gary equivalent there looks like a kind of a Hollywood robot, um, yeah. and yeah, so it doesn't make any sense. But Gary is very attainable. He just seems like a normal, nice guy. But he's also the sort of guy that you can imagine like going, "Oh God, he's sexy." If he's just your type, you know. But he seems like a really lovely guy as well. Doesn't really have any flaws <laughs> until until uh, you know he has some sort of commitment issue apparently. Although it's all mm-hmm. very kind of uh, yeah. Anyway, the point is Tom Ellis. He went to Breck America. He went to Breck America. He went to Breck America, and he his first attempt was in 2014. Is this, are you going to tell me he's in like the King of Queens, like Mark Addy? <laughs> <laughs> um, not quite, but he. No, he, he, his first attempt was a show called Rush, and it's about yeah. a sexy bad boy doctor. He's like, and he's the lead. It's like he's okay. a sexy kind of yeah. guy, but he's in the underwear. He's a doctor, but like he treats criminals like cash in okay. hand. And he's a bit sexy. Is he? Is he doing a? Is he doing accent? He's doing. Is he, uh... Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, is this a Mark Addy situation or is it a Hugh Laurie situation? He actually went and was a great success. Yeah. Well, that that show didn't didn't break through. Just did one series. But then, yep. after Miranda, for the last five years, from 2016 to 2021, he was playing the lead in a show called Lucifer. This is an extremely high-profile case. We are doing this by the book. I cannot have you terrorizing him. I would never. Or threatening to tear his arms off. That's happened one time. Or hanging him from a window. I solemnly promise that a man's feet will remain firmly on the ground. 
Oh my goodness! I re- yes, I can picture that. I've I've never watched it, but I remember seeing posters everywhere for it and thinking, "Oh, he looks familiar." And and yeah, that's that's why. <laughs> so it's oh an American goodness. show. What a revelation! <laughs> if you'll forgive the pun, Nick Lucifer. So it's an adaptation of a Neil Gaiman comic book. So very graphic on brand. novel, mate. Come on, oh. <laughs> very very on brand. And it's like he's he's the devil. And he's a sexy bad boy living in... What if the devil just lived in LA and was just like a sexy bad boy? That That's the plot, as far as I can tell. I'm sure there's more to it than that. But that's what he's doing. He's playing this very sexy, I'm in my early 40s and still sexy kind of guy. Oh, do you know what? I'm feeling I'm feeling really sort of like warm affection for the boy done good. Yeah. That's know, great. Like, and uh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if that show has been a huge success particularly, but it ran for five years. I mean, that bad. Um, well, yeah, that's a success. I mean, it's no last of the summer wine, but it's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) And he was married back in the 2000s when he was making this show. He was married and had children with Tamsin Althwaite. Tamsin Althwaite? I thought you were going to say some Hollywood starlet. That's even better. Tamsin Althwaite. EastEnders star. Off of EastEnders. He is now married to an American writer uh, and producer. So I presume he's set up home there and he's he's in America now, you know. So uh, hopefully we'll go on to other things as well. Oh, good, good for it. I, that, you know, that's 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 given me a good warm feeling. I was genuinely, I would look to be CV. I thought he's going to have done absolutely nothing. The odd little Death in Paradise episode, <laughs> Doctors. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. hey, good for him, right? Good for him. <laughs> All right. So, shall, shall I drag us back to the the cafe? Yeah, go on then. It's not just Gary. This is the first time we've seen him, and he's obviously the main uh, love interest. But we've also got Clive, who I think does Clive own the restaurant? I think he does, doesn't he? He's he's Gary's mm, boss, perhaps. I don't. Think, I think he's the manager. I don't think he owns it. It's, it's, but it's well, vague. It doesn't and, really matter. You know, yeah, Dynamic it wise, really it doesn't matter. really matter. Clive's a bit of an empty character. We never really get to know much about him, but he's there as that sort of extra person. Yeah, it does. It feels like. A holdover, like when we came up with the idea, we we create these five characters. And we're going to use these characters, and then they don't quite know what to do with them or something. I don't know. I, I it's odd, isn't it? It doesn't work. Yeah, and he adds a nice bit of color to the scene sometimes. But yeah, he's got he's got a, he sort of takes the Mickey, doesn't he? He takes he, you know he's a bit sarcastic and he he sort of laughs at Miranda when she's being silly, which which is you know I, I think that's a bit of a pressure release. Yeah, but I think it could easily be two lines an episode character just drops in, does yeah. a sassy line and walks off. It reminds me of Gunter in Friends. That's that's who it that's yeah. who it reminds me of. <laughs> you know, an extra who got a line and then people seem to like and, you know, turns up to, turns out to be a bit of a character. Yeah. Not least because in the first episode we never establish who he is. Like Miranda's like going, Oh look, yeah. it's Gary, my my crush from university and he's just turned up back yeah. in my in back in my hometown. So mm. we never get that. We never go, oh, this is my friend Clive who runs the cafe. It, 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 he just sort of is there and then becomes more and more and then disappears. What about the actor? Who, who plays Clive? So it's James Holmes. Not a lot of information out there, not least because James Holmes is also the name of a guy who shot up a load of people in a cinema a few years back. <laughs> so it's a difficult one to Google. Like the Batman one. Yeah. So um, Googling is a bit awkward. Uh, but... Yeah. Yeah, just the odd sitcom appearances. Very small roles, like in Peep Show, he has like one line in a thing. Uh, two pints of lager, he's in one scene of something. You know, that sort of thing. Apparently, mm-hmm. here's a bit of proper sitcom history, though. According to his CV, although I have not seen video footage of it, he's in the original pilot of The Office. 
oh, okay. that, that that was made, which is very possible that he was one of the guys in the office. I don't think he was a main player, obviously, but because uh, mm. with that original pilot, they already had Mind Freeman and uh, and the rest of them, like they had the cast. Yeah, I think I've seen bits of that, but it'd be yeah, I haven't actually found enough footage to see him going. Oh yeah, that's him. Okay. But uh, it's certainly on his CV. Put it that way. Uh, worked with Catherine Tate show on stage as well as on on the TV show. Uh, lots of Catherine Tate connections here as well. Did a few episodes of Psychoville as well um, around the same time as this, and hasn't done that much since. So does a fair bit of stage work, but not like huge big West End stuff or anything like that. Just kind of fringe theatre and does Panto play does dames it up. He's earning a living as an actor. This is very this was very much the exception to the rule in terms of. Um, his career. Well, I think he does a perfectly good job, but but, but I, I said the character just doesn't quite. I, I, I'm not sure what it is, what the, the character, mm. what what he's supposed to be. He, he disappears after series. Yeah. Two. So in the well, he comes back in the very final Christmas yes. special. He he appears back. Oh, here's here's mm. Clive, and I, <laughs> I just thought, oh. Oh, yeah. Clive's yeah. not been in it for a while, has he? <laughs> I actually missed him. Yeah. Well, perhaps that is part of the problem. And they, they sort of draw him in more and more in the episodes where he becomes one of the friends group, same way that Tilly gets drawn in. And the Christmas special, mm. which is the last mm. one he's in, they're all kind of involved in that. And it, but then I, I was wondering about this. And I was actually watching the extras on series two. And there was a little bit where they had the whole cast and they're all chatting. And they're basically going, oh, we're all the best of friends and everything's great. We love doing this show. And it feels very genuine. And then he, and this was just my perception of it, felt like he didn't fit in. He just felt out of place, like he wasn't one of the gang. Then I start watching series three and he wasn't in it and they didn't mention it. And I thought, oh, hello. <laughs> That's, That's interesting. Yeah, but yeah. he pops up in the very last episode for a little cameo. So we assume there's mm-hmm. no bad blood there. There's no need to do that if, if they'd fallen yeah. out or something. Okay. So as I said, in this scene in the cafe, we've got Clive and Gary and Miranda turns up, she's she's bright pink from her uh, shenanigans in the gym. And there's a little bit of Mickey taking about that. And we also just, just as a sort of a side in this scene, we get a, the setup that Gary, tonight he's going to an RAF reunion. He used to be in the cadets. He's got the uniform. Mm. And she, she starts singing, take my breath away. <laughs> which we then see to its extent in the next scene, which is a job interview. The job interview, yeah. Which she essentially just gets up on the table and <laughs> performs a, a, a full song. Yeah, but that's great because she sort of says she she says the word in the in the interview. She's t- they're asking her about how she's dealing with kids, and she said, "Oh, great! I, you know, I believe children are the future." And she looks at the camera and goes, "Don't sing, don't <laughs> sing," and then she starts singing, which is great. Just that internal conflict it works so well. If we're on the job interview, uh, let's talk about yeah. Let's quickly. well, okay. Let's let me just bring us to the job interview. So so we get the um we we get that scene with uh, in the cafe. Then there's a little bit more gym shenanigans. She's trying to cancel the gym membership. Mm. There's a little nice bit of observational humour here about how hard it is to cancel gym membership. Can I raise a, a I want to raise a slight tangent here. We're just on that scene. Yeah. When she when she's dealing with the the gym guy, she she starts touching his bicep and kind of oh my god yeah I'm sorry. oh that is lovely <laughs> and it and it gets away with it right it works but yeah. again as we the later series the sexual aggression. Of Miranda, and especially when it's Miranda and Stevie working together. The, the, the scene that really does it is when the reprise of the hotel room and we get the, yeah. the little kind of the hotel boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. The little, uh, yeah, the sort of wait staff. Yeah, which a young man. We, we've had previously and she's like, oh, why don't you have lunch with me? And she's like, oh, you're so young and handsome kind of thing. And it just gets away with it. When it's the reprise in the later, when we're doing the kind mm. of, you know, Hall of Fame. Yeah, greatest hits. Sequels, yeah. 
the two of them, it's really aggressive and it crossed the line for me where I was like, this is not, this is uncomfortable. I do know what you mean. I do know what you mean. And I think it works here in the gym because this guy is just like completely in control of the situation and she's just kind of playing. But where that, he's like a, a boy in a hotel trying, who has to kind of serve the customers and can't get out of the room and they're making him like make the bed. And so it was just yeah, awkward in the wrong way. So we then go to the job interview. So she's got the job interview for a job in a Evergreens, a department store. And you kind of know this is going to be excruciating. Uh, so I'm sort of prepared for a bit of a cringe. Just to go back on something we talked about earlier, the, the privilege of... I've got your job interview as the manager yeah. of a sales team at a department store. How did that happen? How did you get that? Can you get the job interview yeah. doing that? <laughs> well, you could. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I, yeah, because I'm 47. That's what I've done my whole career. <laughs> yeah, and it and it's a jape, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that as soon as you think about it, it's like, oh, this is a, sort of a murky world, isn't it? <laughs> like, and mm-hmm. her mother's arranged it. It's just yeah. all very nepotistic and kind of gross. Mm-hmm. She tries to sort of make jokes and keep things light. I've written down here. You run a joke shop. Like, why does she not mention in her interview, yeah, I run a joke shop, I deal with kids all the time. <laughs> like, again, I know that wouldn't be funny. Yeah. But <laughs> and you could even... completely unrealistic. Well, you could make that funny because she doesn't really run a joke shop and she's not good no, with exactly. the customers. So you, she could exactly. kind of be trying to pretend that she is. Like, yeah, this certainly could be jokes there. Just, just the, one, the, one, the one bit that... This might have been the loudest laugh that I had the whole half hour. So, um... Is there anything you'd like to ask us? Oh, yes, yes. When lightning strikes the sea, why don't all the fish die? That is a really funny line, and it really made me laugh. Just as a slight aside here, one of those interviewers, one of the two interviewers who doesn't speak, and is essentially just an extra, one of them is Matthew Ashford, who was a regular uh, in Is It Legal? back in the 90s. Oh, really? Okay, I've been watching Is It Legal? You know the stupid one? Oh, who yeah, yeah, the, the sort point? of, the, 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 yeah, the courier, the, the guy who goes and fetches stuff. Mm, it's him. And he's had a, I, I appreciate that this 2009 might not have been the peak of his career, but he's gone on to do lots of things before and after. I don't think that's an actor you hire for a non-speaking role. So I suspect something's been cut here. I suspect there was more going on you in the spe- scene yeah. and, it's all been, and it's, yeah. there's been things cut out. Uh, perhaps. But perhaps not, but I'm sure Matthew Ashford's career is going well. Uh, good luck to him. So we set up, our final scene. Can I? Sorry, sorry. Can we before we go jump too far ahead? Go on. She got the job. Yeah, she got <laughs> the job. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's obviously. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that is beyond. That is stretching my uh, suspension of disbelief too far. Mm. Uh, so she does that. She goes back to the gym. It's one of those gyms that has a ball pit in the reception, uh, as I'm sure you see all the time. And embarrasses herself just at uh, the same time when the new boss walks in. And that's what he fires her for. Yeah. She's and, standing and in a weirdly, ball even though what she's doing there is absolutely no different to everything else she's been doing so far. She stood on a table and sang uh, to him. And that was what, that was what. He thought, yeah, this is the person we want. Oh, but look, she's standing in a ball pool. Oh, God, I can't sully the company's good name with that. It's, it's illogical. Yeah. Don't look into it too deeply is the, is the trick here, I think. So that's the kind of punchline of that job interview storyline. She's mm. got fired before she's even started. So we get sort of back to the cafe for our wrap-up scene. 
She's agreed to work in the cafe for the night because mm-hmm. Gary's off at his RAF thing, as we established yeah. earlier. So she's just going to wait the tables for them tonight, help out. It sets up a, a classic comedy situation where you're having to do yeah. two things in the same space without either knowing the other. Because Tilly, Tilly comes in, Kissingtons. She's supposed to be at Tilly's little party to celebrate her new job, but she's also a waiter. Mm-hmm. So, oh my goodness, how will we square that circle? Yes, because neither can find out about the other. It'd be embarrassing. Mm. So, yeah, this is a classic comedy setup that could easily last an episode. You know, this could be, you know, you set up for the first yeah. half, this is the second half of the episode. But we're about three minutes from the end of the show. So, yeah. it's actually wrapped up pretty quickly. But we get a, a few shenanigans um, with her trying to do both things at the same time without anyone noticing. And they, and it's caught out pretty much immediately. Yeah. But then when confronted, in her usual way of just talking until something happens, <laughs> or, her, or the mother actually turns up and sort of accidentally claims that she's in Yeah, because it's, because all of that is so much easier than just saying, yeah, I'm just working here for the evening to help out. That would be humiliating, like, what, doing what's, what's a manual labour job. Working oh in a restaurant, Gareth. Only the plebs do that. <laughs> yeah. like, like Gary. Yeah. So the punchline to the scene and the punchline to the whole episode is Gary arrives back in his RAF uniform and she's swept off. Well, uh, literally, she's she's swept away with the romance of it. The, the officer and a gentleman music swells and uh, and he comes and picks her up and carries her off. Do you, have you seen an officer and a gentleman, by the way? Did yes. you get this reference? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's great because they do the music. They do the thing where he picks her up and walks off and she takes his hat off and puts it on her head, just yeah. like Deborah Winger does in the film. And then, brilliant, Stevie goes up and she says, you go, girl, you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just like in the film. It was a lovely bit of detail. I was slightly expecting to just whack her head against the door on the way out or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, what I really liked about it is he didn't do it as a grand romantic gesture. He kind of comes up and goes, come on then, I know you wanted to do this. <laughs> yeah, he's doing her a favour. Yeah. Exactly. He's just uh, all right. Okay, I owe you a favor. It's just a bit of fun. So, so that's kind of the that's kind of the punchline to the show, if you like. That's the end of the the narrative, mm-hmm. and we go into the closing credits, which are idiosyncratic, unusual. Tell me about what you think about that. You have been watching. So we have a, a Perry and Croft uh, concept actually of you have been watching, yep. and they go through the cast. Um, what do I feel about it? It makes me nauseated and. It almost made me stop watching the show. <laughs> it's that bad. So, I can't yeah, you have been it. watching, and it's almost like the end of a end of a theatre show where they all come to the front of the stage and wave and take a bow mm. over their name on the screen. Yes. and that's it, it is very very theatrical. Mm. I, I I didn't react in the same way as you. It's it's odd, and I'm not sure that I like it. But I think this goes back to what I was saying before about how the audience and I feel engaged as part of a troupe here. And that breaking of the fourth wall brings you in. And I kind of felt like, yeah, we've all had a great time together. Let's let's all enjoy this moment. We can take our bows. I, 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 it sort of, I, I, it, they got away with it for me. I hate it with a passion. You hate it. I hate it. No, but they're breaking the fourth wall, which is what they've been doing all the way through no, the show. No, 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 no. There's a very big difference between the character breaking the fourth wall and the actor mm. breaking the fourth wall. Very, very different. Okay. And I don't uh, okay. like Okay, all right. I accept that. But but let's explore that a little. So let's just talk about Miranda Hart, first yeah. of all. Why is that different? The character talking to the audience is a narrative concept. Mm-hmm. The, the actor is ju- that's just breaking the world and and it's and by the way if you want to compare this to theater 
I don't like it when they come out and do bows at the end of a show in the theatre. Don't you? No, for the same reason. It's 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 a sort of smug, self-congratulatory, and this is me kind of vibe. Uh-huh. Like if it's a big musical theatre thing or something, like fine, you come and do a big thing and then everyone claps. But if it's like I'm in this quite a serious emotional drama, I don't want to yeah. break that experience. I want to sit there in the dark for a few minutes while we're just kind of buzzling around and then and contemplate it, and then I want to walk away. I don't want to break that world. I appreciate Miranda is not that. It is a silly sitcom, and it feels like it's in character with that. But it re- it, for me, it just crosses the line into smug, and right. aren't we all friends? Isn't it a hoot? Yeah, I, okay, so here's the, here's the difference, because I, I don't really disagree with that. It's aren't we all friends, and I feel like I'm part of it, whereas you feel excluded from it. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference. Story of my life. Psychological <laughs> story of your life. Yeah. It's yeah. the smugness, though, uh, and it's the way they look to camera and kind of wave and smile. As a, ugh, yeah, it really sickens me. Really, like, really, <laughs> if I had been a commissioning editor to BBC, I would have stopped the show from being made. On that basis alone. <laughs> on that basis. Yeah. Not, not, not told them to change it, just scrap the whole thing. Well, I would have, I would have told them to change it. And then it, when they refused, <laughs> I, would have, I would have cast scrap them adrift. <laughs> Damn the consequences. <laughs> no, I really do hate it. It's, um, uh, and, and yeah, okay, perhaps that is a little bit of a personal taste, but I think it's a bad idea in general. And, and so let's compare that to Heidi High, where they do the same thing. Yeah, doesn't bother me as much in Heidi High because <laughs> is it just because those characters are entertainers or you know largely it feels yeah. like in Heidi High it's the yellow coats coming up on the stage and saying good night campers. It's Ted Bovis waving. It's not Paul Shane. Yeah, I think that's the difference. And I'm not saying I like it in Heidi High particularly, but <laughs> I think it works. <laughs> Plus, it's a, that's a different time. It's a different show. So that's the episode complete. Uh, I think we probably need to talk about this idea about, uh, you know, we, we said it gets a bit repetitive as we mm. go through the series. We've already touched on the fact that the characters kind of, they lose their um, identity and just all become part of the same troop. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about the Christmas specials as well, which sort of brings it all together. But what, what are your thoughts on, beyond this one episode, the, you know, the first, the, the three series and how it changes? Yeah, I think the first two series kind of feel like you core... Miranda, yeah, and definitely there's some elements like as we talked about with the characters that I would prefer to have been a bit firmer with the contrasts between them, but it's mm-hmm. it's still largely working. So that that that's your first two series where it was oh right everyone loves this. So the major yeah. major change in series three is the addition of Michael, uh, a new love interest mm-hmm. played by Bo Por- Porridge. Bo Porridge. I'm going to pronounce are we, that. Are we saying porridge? I'm going with porridge. It's, it's P-O-R-A-J, <laughs> which I guess is sort of Yugoslavian it's, type area. I don't he's know. He's of Polish parentage. He's Polish, but right. The, the, he has a double barreled His full name is even more complex than that. Well, I'm certain it's not pronounced porridge. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer it that way, though. He, by the way, his first screen, uh, one of his earliest screen credits is a very brief appearance in The Thin Blue Line, which we watched, by the way. Okay. And he'd, he'd done just the odd little thing here and there, an episode of The Thick of It, things like that. He's introduced as a love interest, and he and Miranda start, they have a relationship, and he really likes Miranda, mm. and he seems like a nice bloke. Yeah. And, you know, they seem to be getting on fine, but, you know, she's still in love with Gary, mm. and that's where the that's where the romantic tension arises. And, oh my God, it's tedious. Uh, oh, I, I really did not enjoy the third series. So you remember what I said earlier about how, on paper, I shouldn't like this, but the, the charm, the charisma gets through it, and I, I loved it. That is a description of the first two series. The third series, I was sick of it. I, I think I'm very similar. 
I, I like the addition of that character, if nothing else, to help drag out that will-they-won't-they they with a, some reality. But yeah, it just never quite gets hold of anything, does it? Do you know what, right? I, I saw an interview with Miranda Hart, and she was sort of saying, like, oh, it's great, you know, we're all really good friends, even the director, uh, Juliet May, and uh, the producer, and all this sort of thing, we're all really good friends. And... I think that's a problem. No, I think, I think a problem. you need a. Sometimes you need a contrary voice in the room. You need someone. You need Dennis ca- May and Wilson telling them what they're doing wrong. Yeah, or just, or it becomes just you having fun with your friends. Yeah, and yeah. that's not enough to justify this. Miranda was missing a Gareth Gwenlin. <laughs> what a Gwenlin! And then, so another couple of years goes past. They come and do these two specials, just to kind of put mm. a line under it all. It very much feels like nobody. Not that they don't want to be there, because obviously enjoying each other's company, enjoying it, but nobody has any interest in continuing the story. They're just yeah. putting a line under it. So the, the the third series ends with this incredibly contrived scene where you've got Michael down on one knee, proposing with a ring in his hand to Miranda, and at the other side you've got Gary doing exactly the same thing. Mm-hmm. Fade to black, that's it. That's the end of the series. So the, the Christmas specials, would you say it's, it's Christmas Day 2014 and New Year's Day 2015? That's, that's when they go. So on the, the first episode opens with that exact scene. It's like we've, we've never been away and it's recreated. They're all, they're all a year older and oddly Miranda looks a lot more glamorous. She's got makeup on and her hair's been Just done, hair's which, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, we, we basically pick up from that moment. And then you've got these two half-hour shows. You've got another, another hour of action where... Uh, I mean, again, it's just uh, so much more tedious than anything that's gone before. Mm. There's an element of clips shows to it. Ooh, you know, yeah, there are like that there's lots all. of that's, flashbacks. That, that, yeah, just instead of doing cutaways, showing clips of previous cutaways or previous scenes, yeah. that is a symptom of we can't be bothered with this. Can you guess the moment that it lost me? I was annoyed. I was not <laughs> enjoying it. I just watched all of series three. This is doing my head in. Can you tell me the moment where I swore it and turned it off? <laughs> no, go on. Heather Small turns up. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they do nothing with her. And I, I'm out. I'm out. Yeah. Soiled the legacy of Miranda for me, that whole, that, those Christmas specials. Well, really even when they me. brought Gary Barlow in, it's not a good sign when you start to do that sort of yeah. thing. It's, it's a sign when you're getting celebrity guests and that capacity. I mean, to pull when the whistle blows back into this, it's like having um, Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, Chris Martin. Thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It also, the actual filming style, I don't know if you would have picked up on this consciously, but just from a technical point of view, the filming is weird. It's 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 really choppily edited. It feels very thrown together. It is a right. different director, but Mandy Fletcher comes in for these specials. Now, that, so that's a different director, but Mandy Fletcher is a safe pair of hands. Safe pair of hands, yeah. BBC. So that shouldn't be the problem. Hmm. But for example, there's a scene with Stevie and Miranda in a in a kind of bar, restaurant bar thing, uh, and they realise they're surrounded by escorts, and it's kind of a nothingy scene yes. that doesn't add to anything. But fine, it's a bit of fun. The way that's filmed is really filmic, and it just jumped out at me as being out of place. It wasn't filmed like a sitcom; it was filmed like a film. And yes, it was a location shoot rather than a. A stage set but it that just smacks of a lack of consistency in the creative method like what are you doing why are you making that scene look like that it doesn't match and if you're trying to evoke something by doing it like that it's not well the scene doesn't need it it, it doesn't justify it mm. yeah just the whole thing smacked of 
Let's throw this together and get it out. I don't know. I think I, I reacted really badly to those Christmas specials. And I think part of the reason is that I enjoyed the first couple of series so much. Yeah. And I, again, in contrast to you, I really felt engaged. I felt, I felt like I was, I, had a, I was invested in the characters and in the show. And by the end, I was the complete opposite of that. I just did not care what happened to them by the end. Because it had been dragged out. And I think the problem with that as well is, as it went on more and more, I got more and more annoyed at Miranda. Uh, the character yeah. because she's really hard work <laughs> and yeah. it's like how easy can life be for you how can how more can the people around you bend over backwards to accommodate you and you still push them away oh my yeah. god the love of my life is finally accepted and then and we we finally got over our awkwardness and, and we're going to get married but but has he ever said he loves me mm. Mm, maybe 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 getting married to me isn't enough of a commitment maybe that's not enough for me <laughs> what do you want miranda what do you want Yes, but that's but that could be explored in an interesting way. Someone who is never can never be happy and never quite understands what they want, but it, it doesn't feel like it's doing that either. I I thought she should have married old Bo Porridge. Yeah, better, better man. He just seemed like he just seemed like it was much better for her. Yeah. I, I I don't think that's what we were supposed to think. No, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want one last thing before we sign off. Yeah, there is an American remake. Oh yes, you mentioned this. It only started a couple of years ago. It started in twenty twenty one. So oh really? A bit of a time oh, gosh. delay. I thought you were going to say it, it would it died after a series, so it's still going, is it? Well, it started in 2021, so it's been going for a couple of years. They've made 44 episodes so far. Well, so one, what is that? One series? <laughs> uh, that's two. <laughs> okay. It stars Mayim Bialik as the the main lead, uh, who is Blossom. You remember Blossom in the 90s? Yeah, but I couldn't picture her, to be honest. Yeah, well, she's also, she's more famous now because she was in the Big Bang Theory. Ah, okay. But yeah, I mean, she's a pretty big name. This is a star vehicle. Um, I've only managed to watch some clips of it. It's crap. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um, it, 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 as far as I know, it's still going on. One of the cast members died recently. So they've kind of gone on hiatus. So I'll see, what, see if they, they figure out. But yeah, I mean, it's they're churning it out to get to that syndication number and then they're going to, that's it. It's crap. Yeah. No one cares. No one's interested. So what's our, what's our final verdict on Miranda then? Because I'm I'm torn now. I'm going to go back to those first two series and say I I I really bloody enjoyed Miranda. Uh, again, there's no reason I should. If you wrote down the constituent parts, I would say oh, that's not really going to work for me. But mm. it does, and and I think it is because of Miranda Hart. I think she's got charm and charisma, and she carries that show. I think it works really well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think it, it just suffers kind of rot from the inside of complacency, I think, basically, which Perhaps. can come with success. But I thought I was going to come into this recording and be kind of like, yeah, I like it, but, and, and kind of throw some nitpicky negatives at you. It feels like you're pretty much agreeing with most of them. So it's clearly not just me. Uh, I'd be interested to hear what other people feel about it. And, and, and you know, we, we actually, we haven't really addressed the fact that we are men. And this is a sitcom yep. that is talking to women on a level that perhaps they're going to see something different in it in terms of the social expectations of like, this is what you need to look like. This is what you need to behave like. It affects sure. women more than men. Well, fortunately, there aren't any women that listen to this podcast. So yeah. And I don't know any women, so can't help you there. So. <laughs> I, do you know what? Do you know what? I'm being flippant. Uh, you know, our listenership, or certainly people that interact with us on social media are very male-centric. 93% male, according to YouTube. Okay, right. Well, there you go then. So the 7% of people who are watching or listening uh, who are women, <laughs> we'd love to know what you think about Miranda. Let us know. Let us know how you see Miranda as a character. 
the sort of counterpoint to that is my my appreciation of the show. It never felt like, oh, this is good for a show that's aimed at women. I can still get it. I never yeah. thought that at all. Yeah, I, it, think so. it, it, I think it is a universal theme, but I do think perhaps a woman might um, might relate to it even more so. Well, thank you, Alan. I have, despite the fact I got a little bit negative at the end there, I really enjoyed Miranda. Mm. And I've enjoyed all of the shows we've looked at this series. This is the end of our series, our, our classic six-episode arc. We have got a couple of bonus episodes. I know that, for example, both Porridge and The Army Game had feature films made, mm. so we're going to review those with uh, our friend Sol at Diminishing Returns. Uh, but we will be back later on in 2023 with six new uh, new old sitcoms to look at. <laughs> yeah. In the meantime, if you've got any suggestions for sitcoms for us to look at or anything else you want to tell us or anything else you want to ask us, then you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at BritcomPod. Or if you go on Facebook... Just search British Sitcom History Podcast, you'll find us, and there's a lot of conversation going on there. Mm. Thank you for your support, everyone. We really appreciate the comments that we get, and uh, we will see you later in 2023. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Now wave. Wave to the camera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you have been listening, too. <laughs> <laughs>